Hello everybody, my name is Ron, and this is On The Gadget Talk for 3rd of March, Wednesday, 3rd of March, 2021. We're, it's already, uh, the month The month of March is here, and obviously, okay, just for today, I decided I might just upload as a Wednesday episode. The thing is, that probably by the time it gets on to recording the podcast, it's already the next day, which is Wednesday. So, essentially, this is today's episode for Wednesday, so... Obviously, uh, today is third of March, so if you are listening it today, then that's then that it is what it is. Uh, but we, but hey, aside from uh, procrastinating, we got plenty of things to talk about. Uh, we got uh, new details about upcoming iPhones, uh, the OnePlus Nine series, uh, some new, s- more Redmi and Realme stuff, and Volvo's EV plans, which are very fascinating for essentially, uh, basically. Uh, they got an interesting strategy ahead. I mean, uh, being the Swedish car maker that's actually known before the Model S came out to be to having some of the safest cars on Earth, and it's going to get even more safer with EV technology. All right, uh, aside that, but that's that's basically gadget talk. We're here to talk all sorts of gadgets. So let's get popping. All right, so let's just talk about the OnePlus Nine. Um, so we've been hearing a bunch of leaks and rumors and details and bits and bobs. The first bit of news really is next week, uh, OnePlus is going to do a little event and we really don't know what they're going to talk about. And they don't even mentioned a phone, but basically it says something new is on the horizon. If you know what, maybe that could be a new OnePlus phone or a new OnePlus Nord phone or possibly something like that. Or maybe they'll probably announce that they're teaming up with Hasselblad to create, obviously, uh, to have a Hasselblad lens on, on new OnePlus phones, including the OnePlus 9, which is there. It's really, really cool. Uh, but we have this teaser right here, which is interesting. And this is on top of a lot of details and leaks that have been coming out already. Uh, first thing in term chronologically in terms of timing, uh, first was a kind of a leak about one plus nine color schemes. Uh, so basically, uh, this is from folks over at Oxygen Updater, and they've ba- they've claimed that one plus nine uh, could come uh, the regular one plus nine could come in three colors: astral black, arctic sky, and winter mist. Freaking slightly dope, given uh, again typical one plus, you know. With the chill vibes, and then um, uh, on top of that, there. If you if you're in the United States, if you order a OnePlus Nine, you can able to, you can get it in black or purple, which is only on Verizon, which is kind of cool. And then the OnePlus Nine Pro will come in black, green, and morning mist colors, which is interesting. So um, this apparently came in from an APK code, which is interesting. And it has all the colors that is shown here. Uh, so the regular one plus nine could come in black, um, white. Okay, Arctic sky and mid winter mist. The last two color variants could possibly mean that there's a gradient design behind these phones, which is interesting. And obviously, uh, if you're on T-Mobile, you can only get uh, the one plus nine in black, in astral black and winter mist. And if you have on Verizon, you can get it in black and purple, which is interesting. And then the OnePlus 9 Pro on T-Mobile will only be in Morning Mist, which is interesting. But regular OnePlus 9 Pro uh, will be available in Black, Green, and Morning Mist. And, uh, as I as I mentioned, Morning Mist could be a gradient design, so the, the, it's color changing, like actual Morning Mist. 
you know, little gradient colors, you know, rainbow. So that's probably what's about to happen. Interestingly, uh, OnePlus 9 is going to be shown off the 9 Pro and possibly a 9R, which is kind of unheard of until now. We haven't heard much about the OnePlus 9R. Uh, if I do a quick Google search, there might be a astronomical, uh, an astronomical amount of information regarding the 9R, not the 9T, I was about to say the 9T, it's actually the 9R, uh, let's see, um, um, that's actually what the affordable model will be called, and again, from that, from that source code, uh, from reading the source code from one application, this is kind of these, we have these details, and there is obviously a OnePlus watch that is gonna come out, so that's kind of interesting to say the least, but more than everything, uh, good old Evan Blast has leaked out uh, more details about the OnePlus 9 and 9 Pro, and that's to pertaining the pre-order uh, bits and bobs. So these two phones, we re it may launch on March 8th, but if they do launch this month, you're able to pre-order them hopefully on March 23rd, as it, as he's claiming. And on top of that, uh, you get if you get if you buy a OnePlus 9, you can get a free OnePlus Bud C with the phone which is interesting and if you get the pro you may be able to get uh, a special edition of the bud z possibly or oneplus buds uh so that's that's kind of interesting to say the least so uh i mean uh, let's see hopefully in the next week or two uh oneplus does completely show off the oneplus 9 series it's been heavily leaked the back has been leaked the camera grid and everything has been has kind of been leaked i do hope that they uh, completely showed off next week that will help uh kind of uh you know uh it, it's so uh, basically that could become this coming monday so hopefully my next next tuesday's episode we'll probably have something to talk about the phones or maybe some teasers of the one plus nine possibly including the camera which could be of uh of decent help so uh there is a one plus nine update really if you think about it so BOE, which is a pretty famous display maker from China, have apparently created the world's first 360-degree flexible p display. The way it kind of is, is it, it's like a it's like a foldable display, and it 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 you it folds out, but you, it completely goes to the other side completely. It does a 360 fold uh, compared to regular foldables that just fold outwards or inverts, which is typical foldable displays. But this is the first of its kind. Essentially, goes all the way out. 360 degrees without an issue uh, and apparently uh, this is because they've had this unique design which essentially is a multi-neutral layer model which means that this will basically reduce the stress of flexible invert fold and outward fold uh, the creases that tend to come on fold of the space which kind of reduce their durability if you think about it apparently uh, reports uh, suggest uh, a lot of reports coming out about this really new, this really cool and new 360-degree display tech. Uh, they claim also that this display can handle uh, 200,000 folds comfortably, which is impressive. Which essentially means that you could hold your, you can, uh, your display can hold up being folded, open and closed a hundred times a day for five years. So that's your typical smartphone usage before it breaks and shatters and all that kind of stuff so that's kind of interesting to say the least i mean we're starting we're seeing a whole bunch of foldable devices their displays essentially fold like that they're, they're already bended across 
on the outer end, you just pop out like the made, regular Mate X, and then we have the new Mate X2 and Z Fold 2. And the idea essentially is that the notebook style, so you pop open and it folds out. And that's kind of interesting. And then you have an external display on the other on, on the outer, on the outer layer for those sorts of phones. Well, that's kind of interesting. Uh, so the so again the the same reports are claiming now that they start producing this 360 degree flexible display, and they'll start shipping it to smartphone phone makers in the next couple of months. Uh, we should be we should start seeing uh, phones with this display tech by next year, which is surprising. So. I mean, I was surprised to see those. Like, can this be real? Like, there's rollable displays and really cool foldable displays, and then displays where the camera is hidden. But this, the, this, my friends, where you just take the, uh, the normally the display kind of comes out and flexes, but goes all the way out. So it is roughly 360 degrees in in terms of um, foldability. This is we're unfolding a new dimension. Haha! <laughs> so you see what I did there. Uh, but that's not the only uh, foldable news we have re that's that's interesting here. Xiaomi has a new foldable phone that they're about to drop. Uh, Ross Young, which who we've mentioned before, and he gave a, another rumor about uh, saying it was the iPhone 12, possibly. He tweeted back on March 1st, We hear the upcoming Xiaomi foldable may be called the Mi Max 4 Pro Max. China Star is the display supplier, not SDC. I think that's Samsung Display. Corporation, uh, SDC will provide infolding display there in the year, which will be a little larger. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, that Xiaomi is already working on a foldable phone that they're gonna launch this year. It's kind of awesome to say the least. Uh, the choice of suppliers is interesting. That I mean, Xiaomi is obviously supplying getting their foldable display from a from from a. Uh, from China Star, I mean, uh, it surely could be a big name, uh, not Samsung. But then again, Samsung could offer them a foldable display later on in the future, which is interesting in, a, in a, another model, which is kind of interesting, um, to say the least. So, let's see. Oh, is I'm sure he's meaning to say S. CSOT. So, so this actually is the display maker that's owned by TCL. So, not a, not a small player. This is one of the biggest display makers in China. CSOT. Referred to its full name. C China Star Opto something technology. Oh well. C CSOT will be making Xiaomi's foldable display, which is freaking interesting. Um, you know so. I mean, uh, we haven't heard much about Xiaomi's attempts in foldables, probably because of, I'm sure maybe if if leakers had a choice, they're obviously putting more attention on uh, Xiaomi's more uh, popular phones like the Redmi phones and stuff. So that could possibly be the case. But speaking of Xiaomi, Redmi, uh, or mainly Xiaomi's global vice president, and Many of you all know because he ran Xiaomi's India division. Manu Kumar Jain tweeted out that Xiaomi Note, the, sorry, the Redmi Note 10 will be the first will be the first Redmi Note phone to have a Super AMOLED display. Super AMOLED would basically mean a really crispy, high-resolution AMOLED panel, which is not bad. The first of its kind in its segment, which is not bad. Um, that's kind of cool. We'll probably have to 
see for tomorrow's Unreal event. Obviously, by the time I probably get around to finding out, obviously all the news will come out uh, about the about the phone. But oh well, uh, we'll see which model or spec. I mean, it, it didn't mention which spec of the Redmi Note 10 will have AMOLED. I feel it will come. It'll be on the Pro and Pro Max for some reason because those phones are slightly more premium and they deserve. They'll have 90 hertz displays and stuff, but they'll got they gotta have something. Uh, that differentiates from the regular uh, Redmi Note phones. So that's something to look out for. I'm definitely hyped about the Redmi Note 10 series. There's just so much about these phones. Um, there's a lot. I mean, we do know that the Redmi Note 10 will come with a Snapdragon 678, 678 processor, 48 megapixel camera, 6.43 inch FHD plus display. It is probably an LCD display and probably 90 hertz, hopefully. So that's something to look out for. But the Redmi Note 10 Pro, that's quite a mouthful. Uh, we'll have a Snapdragon 750G, potentially a 6.67 inch Super AMOLED display, exactly what I was claiming early on, and uh, and 128 and 128 gigabytes of storage, 6 or 8 gigabytes of RAM. So we already know quite a lot about the phone, and we know how the back will look. So that's that's kind of interesting. So uh, I mean, I mean. Uh, that's that's an interesting it's something to note if you think about it <laughs> and speaking of realme uh, redmi's rival sort of we have more news about them now uh, they are going to show their show of the gt series soon in the next month or two hopefully and so the eight series of phones the realme 8 and realme gt hopefully that will definitely come out so that's something to look out for until then Realme did a little did a little bit of an event early yesterday, kind of showing off their uh, camera tech that they're getting on the Realme 8. Now they didn't show off the Realme 8 series; they showed off uh, a interesting sensor that's gonna, actually going to be coming to the Realme 8 Pro. In fact, they've even shown off samples uh, of photos taken with the uh, with this interesting sensor on the Realme 8 Pro. Now this phone will essentially come with a 108 megapixel Samsung ISOCELL HM2 processor. Now for context, this is the this is one of the first smartphone set cameras that comes with a 108 megapixel camera. It is a one by 1.52 inch sensor with 0.7 micrometer pixel size, super uh, PD autofocus. It can actually shoot stills at 12,000 by 9,000 pixel resolution, 12K resolution stills with the ability to record video at 4K 120 frames per second, 4K 120 without a problem. So that's wonderful. Um, this sensor on top, on top of the, on top of that, this sensor can do nine to one pixel binning. So if you do the math technically, I mean, uh, I mean, pull up Google here for this. Google's our best friend in this regard. 108 basically you could you could get a super crispy 12 megapixel shot because you have bigger sensors now pixel binning is the nicest part and you got up to three times losses zoom straight from the sensor which is not too shabby now they showed a bunch of pictures samples and now they're showing up how the 3x zoom is really helpful in, in in taking sky cityscapes and all that kind of stuff so that's really really cool uh, you could still make up some details the pixel binning is interesting can go to you can combine again you can take nine pixels make them one and you get a 12 megapixel shot so it becomes crispy you see this is where the whole 
ultra high megapixel story you know that's where the, it you know some are like hey my own i mean uh, iphones and samsung phones and even google pixels have tiny sensors but they pull off some impressive shots but then you can talk about apple they do good engineering and r&d and tweaking with their with their cameras they have a bit of comp- computational photography but they do some r&d work so is samsung and definitely pick google they do what is essentially computational photography but really stepping up here uh, obviously adding in pixel binning really is just a built-in feature on a lot of phones that really does give you a crispy 12 megapixel shot uh, scaled down downscaled but it still looks nice because it, it it takes that crispy shot and makes it you know a bit nicer uh, but uh, it's created a clarity enhancement algorithm that claims that essentially is uh, it's such you can take eight 12 megapixel shots and so it'll help to create a pretty crisp picture which is interesting so uh, it cuts uh, so you shouldn't feel any loss but more than everything the 108 megapixel sensor will also let you do starry mode so you can do actually astro you can actually shoot the sky night sky perfectly and you can even do time-lapse videos which essentially is like you know you see those long strips of light running around and it's like so essentially uh, realme has created a little algorithm and it claims that you essentially can take it takes 30 photos across 480 seconds which results in a one second time-lapse video and the process is repeated for the desired end result so it kind of creates a whole one second time-lapse it creates essentially it takes eight minutes to record a whole time lapse and then it creates that creates one second so uh eight times 60 what would be eight times 60 i mean let's see so if you did a one hour if you did a one hour uh shot essentially uh where is it um it's 480 it's 480 seconds 480 uh, seconds for actually 480 minutes of, of well I mean you do the math it's it would probably be 60 seconds of video so that roughly be four it'll take it'll take the phone probably 48 480 minutes possibly or 48 minutes or something like that so that's eight minutes to take one second of time-lapse it does I mean most time-lapses do just need a minute or two but oh well uh, it has this uh, it has a software function with the with this incredible sensor which is interesting more than everything there's also tilt shift time lapse which essentially adjusts the bokeh and uh, you know the focus on certain objects over time as the time lapse is happening which is kind of cool cool feature nice to have you know what i mean i mean and also on top of that you get the new neon portrait mode dynamic bokeh portrait ai color portrait AI color portrait looks dope. Essentially, there's a black and white corn background, and then you can put a color subject such as a face or an object or or, or a uh, landmark, which is freaking interesting. Basically, uh, what Realme has done is that well, they've gotten the really cool 108 megapixel Samsung sensor. Um, on top of that, they've added lots of software functions to allow you to take really good photos. Basically, they're taking advantage of the bigger sensor to be able to do more. Uh, which is really interesting to say the least um now this is going to come out on the oneplus uh sorry uh, i was about to say oneplus why why did i say oneplus oh well uh th- now 
this 108 megapixel camera will actually come on the Realme 8 Pro. Unfortunately, they did kind of show off a little bit of the 8, 8 Pro uh, at the back. Essentially, there are like four sensors combined along with this really great, this really matte finish uh, with the Dare to Leap slogan right on the corner, which is like typical smartphone design, a bit gradient and you know, matte. Inter very, very interesting. Um, now, when will the OnePlus, uh, one will the, I was going to say, why am I saying OnePlus? My goodness. Uh, when will the Realme 8 series come out? Hopefully, as I earlier mentioned, hopefully by next month or next month or two. So, so that's, um, that's the, especially these are phones definitely to watch out for. If you are in the market for, to get a brand new phone, do wait. If you want to wait, go wait a little bit, a month or two for the one, for the Realme phones to come out, hopefully. Uh, they are solid value for money. And they're not obviously some random specs that are just put together and they charge a lot of money for it. They, they have some good phones. There was the OnePlus, those are the Realme 6 and 7 series phones. The 7 series phones were interesting for what they are. They just pump out a lot of phones, that's for sure. So uh, the 8 Pro, will hof, uh, 8 Pro will definitely have a 108 megapixel camera. So, I mean, they're daring to go further in terms of camera technology, that's for sure. So according to estimates from from research firm eMarketer, they're claiming that if uh, Apple obviously doesn't doesn't act fast or make a move, uh, Spotify will essentially become the most would probably end up becoming the biggest podcast streaming service in the United States. Again, this is based on their estimates, uh, where they project that right now in twenty twenty one. Obviously, Spotify. I mean, twenty twenty, Spotify had nineteen point nine million uh, listener listeners who streamed podcasts, compared to twenty six point seven million using Apple. But in twenty twenty one, it's almost equaled. It's almost got equaled to a slight margin. Spotify is a little ahead with and by an extra two hundred thousand listeners. But from next, but by twenty twenty three, potentially. 37.5 million uh, folks will essentially be streaming podcasts through Spotify, probably including my show. If you listen to my show, hey, hey big shout out to you uh, if you're using Spotify right now. Uh, this is interesting. I mean, um, in the sense that uh, now this is obviously on top of the fact that Spotify has been spending excessively on the podcast scene, as well as players like Gimlet and Parcast. And obviously, it's bought exclusivity deals for podcasts such as the Joe Rogan Experience. So, uh, and there's obviously some newer, popular stuff like, uh, Bar uh, including Barack Obama's podcast with 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 Bruce Springsteen. I think it's called Renegades Born in the USA, and then more crime stuff like Welcome to this. Uh, this is your fantasy, I think, or Welcome to Your Fantasy. It's about. It's a really. It's a kind of. It's a, it's a crime thriller. Um, I mean, if you kind of have the time, go listen to it. I mean, I mean, I mean, it it, it is what it is. Spotify essentially uh, not only runs one of the most popular podcast streaming services on earth. I mean, it it runs the biggest music streaming service in the world, and a lot of people you do use it to listen to podcasts. They spring, they already had the distribution tools, th things like Anchor. Big disclosure. I mean, I use Anchor, which is on Spotify, obviously, to upload the show. 
uh, or else we would use another another hosting platform but really they also own quite popular studios and obviously they have exclusivity deals and that really is helping in that reach also i feel that also spotify is reaching a lot more people because it's it's a big music streaming service and people some people some folks would know that you could listen to podcasts through the app and so it's just one search away in my own opinion you just type our podcast and they just come in between music and stuff and you off and you hit play and off you go i think what spotify really needs now the one two things that really remain with spotify is rediscoverability and uh and monetization they gotta start offering a way to really uh start pay podcasters to really be on spotify more often than say other rivaling pro- uh, applicant uh, 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 to compared to rivaling apps and stuff um in that sense um so uh you know so um i mean some some sort of monetization model where essentially uh, podcasters can start making money off uh, their streams on spotify using the ad revenue that kind of helped me though that kind of helped the whole thing that kind of helped make the whole uh podcasting a, a bit of a full-time business from my own opinion if i'm being honest as a podcaster myself so uh, that really remains to be that remains you know how they're gonna monetize this all and and discoverability they gotta improve discoverability it's 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 getting there they've started doing charts it's just much faster to find the shows if you just get to spotify uh on the app itself you open it on on your home page you get uh, a list a grid of recent podcast episodes so they're improving it but long ways to go so that's that and also apple is working hard to really counter uh, spotify uh, spotify and other players really taking apple's crown as the leading podcast destination uh they've started uh, they're really uh betting on so the, the on the uh curation part of apple services so they're doing things like sp- podcasts spotlight so that's really interesting but on top of that it potentially could offer apple podcast plus which could help bring uh popular podcasts obviously uh, allow you to essentially uh use the service and you could stream podcasts with adverts and stuff and download well downloading would be crazy but then obviously your favorite podcasters would make money myself included um so that's that really so it, it is quite interesting um you know more than that apple's actually started to make their own podcasts to start with there's actually one Uh, that essentially is a daily news show and then another is sort of a companion podcast to their apple tv plus series for all mankind so there it seems they are working on it and it could be a avenue for more content uh it could also be a way to uh, create stuff that ends up for apple tv plus because the thing with podcasts this is the kind of it's the kind of content where you could actually adapt it to books and tv shows and possibly movies or foreign language versions or there's there's real the real this is where the real money is at the ip really Uh, f- just for context the world the war of the worlds uh, we all know it's a famous book it even made it a radio play so that was hundreds of years ago so what about now so so that's that's where the real value of podcast exists so um uh, these are exciting times i mean if spotify ends up becoming the big becoming the biggest player in podcast i feel they could do it and they may also be already be shifting listening trends if you know what i mean so there's some podcasts by popular youtubers that i've noticed that are listened to way more than say on say apple podcasts or overcast so there's also the audience effect i feel i don't know about you but i feel that spotify really is bringing new kinds of listeners regular folk who really don't listen to podcasts over 
uh, to the medium uh, on top of the already typical high income intelligent Americans who obviously listen to podcasts in the US they obviously make up most of the consumption of say NPR podcasts and obviously stuff like Serial and you know stuff like Dr. Death and stuff so I mean uh, if, you, if you think about it really if you think about it that way I mean so it really is exciting times ahead for the entire segment in that regard and we got some iPhone rumor news uh, renowned analyst Ming Chico uh, has talked a bit on more detail uh, on the upcoming iPhones really so let's just go through like and there's a bunch of tidbits really if you think about it so uh, the first bit of information is that and he wrote he has written this in his research note and that is that Apple may be looking to offer four uh, models that are essentially similar to last year's iPhone 12 series, the 12 mini, 12 and 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max. So I'll do this for this year's iPhones. They'll come in 2021, hopefully. Uh, pro- we don't know what exactly we called. It might be called the iPhone 13 to keep it continuous or possibly call it the iPhone um, 13, 12S. I don't think they do that, but they can do it. Who knows? I think 13 would make sense because you know it they've been doing it from 10 so it's 11 12 and 13 there's been no s lineup last year or year before last year so so that's that but more than interesting is he's claiming that the 2021 iPhones will will simply have a lightning charger and a lightning port and will not do the portless design everyone's been talking about with the iPhones where they'll essentially just you know they'll 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 throw everything out it'll be wireless and the MagSafe plug will be the way to kind of do data transfers or it'll do wireless data transfers I feel like it could happen and and MagSafe could be the real physical plug eventually but not too fast I, I feel like this is like a few this is a feature that uh, this is a development that could happen only in the next three four years not now really or next year even so that's something to note but more than everything uh, it goes on specifying specifying that the iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max uh, will use uh, power efficient LTPO OLED displays um, and will fe- hopefully feature a ProMotion 120Hz display tech which is really cool thank god ho- if this happens this year then finally uh, fast refresh uh, fast refresh rate sorry that'll help uh, that'll help uh, slightly faster display that'll definitely help more than everything goes on specifying that the 13 Pro and Pro Max will feature an upgraded ultra-wide camera going for 5 megapixels with fixed focus f2.42 6 uh, megapixels possibly f1.8 uh, and auto focus I think it's meaning to say 6p which means that there'll be uh, it, 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 I don't know what what's specifying with the word p but possibly pixel megapixels possibly so that's interesting to say at least and you have autofocus on the ultra wide I think it's awesome because uh, that'll help um, but uh, yeah I mean um, so the iPhone 13 will hopefully feature a slightly larger battery uh, integrating the sim card slot with the main board potentially reducing front optical modules thickness uh, you'll still uh, lidar sensors will still only be on the pro models which is interesting but you may get a Qualcomm X60M modem for the iPhone 13 series, so that's that. Um, and then, on top of it all, uh, the iPhone 13 Pro 
and uh, Pro Max may only may not have a notch. Instead, it could have a teardrop, a, a punch hole display. I don't know how I feel. They could do it. I mean, if you have stuff, the Face ID tech, the kind of this little layer around the front with like the all the sensors and camera, they could do it. Um, you never know. I mean, uh, it it could it should be a little Apple-y. It should be iconic. I don't think that it is gonna slap a punch hole camera. We'll have to keep it a little Apple iconic, if you know what I mean. So that could be the case. Um, interestingly, but uh, actually, this this could uh, this could start happening in the iPhone 14. Actually, not the iPhone 13. That'd be too radical if they switch it from this year's iPhone. Next year's iPhone will come with a hopefully come with a punch hole notch, which would be interesting. Uh, long awaited if you know what I mean so uh, that's that really and also by 2023 or 2024 uh, we might see an iPhone SE that does 5G and it's similar to it looks just like the iPhone 11 or 12 but it'll cost like again between 400 to 600 dollars that's sweet sweet price point that's helped Apple retain a good market share in the US possibly in terms of phones it has phones from 300 to a thousand dollars and it gets a lot of consumers right there, so that's that. And on top of that, uh, there possibly could be a 8-inch foldable iPhone, according to him. I mean, it could come out by 2023 if they figure out mass production issues, basically getting display, putting it together, you know, pushing it out in, in record pace. So that's that. Uh, so that's really interesting. So uh, I mean, there are a lot of timer. There are a lot of timings when the when the foldable iPhone could come out. Some are saying next year. Some are saying 2023. Some are saying before 2025. It may come by 2023. It looks looks obvious from the looks of it. So you know, th it's plausible. So what do I think? I mean, I I've, I would say that I mean the iPhone 13 series like they're gonna play it a little safe, but they're gonna tweak the cameras. This could be one of those, it could be one of those like minor upgrade year, if you know what I mean. So, kind of interesting to say the least. Hopefully, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of watching for the battery though. If they do improve the battery and make it way more efficient, that'll help with the uh, promotion display in 5G that could come on both phones. And not to mention the high refresh rate display. That could be very, very exciting nonetheless. And finally, uh, Volvo. So, this incredibly famous Swedish. Uh, car brand, one of the safest car brands in the world, theoretically. It has some makes some of the safest cars on earth. Invented the seatbelt, according to them. Uh, they're gonna go electric finally. Woohoo! They're gonna start making more and more electric cars. So, the first bit of news really that Volvo has is that they're planning to become a full EV brand by 2030. By then, they'll only make electric cars and not anything else, not even hybrids, any goofy. 50, 60, 50, 40, 50, 50 cars, you know, hybrids are 50, 50s, 50% diesel, 50% electric, 60, 40, you know, none of that nonsense. Full battery electric vehicles by 2030. And on top of that, uh, they have an aim uh, in the environment. Uh, they also surprisingly have an aim to essentially uh, be, become carbon neutral by 2040. So they got a 10 year plan sort of, so that's interesting. Um, so the plan essentially is by 2025 they want that 50% of the global sales are just battery electric vehicles uh, and then hopefully by 2030 every car in their lineup is electric uh, and from there on forwards they have more and more electric cars so that's kind of interesting 
Uh, and this is on top of the radical change they're doing where they're going to only sell fully, fully battery electric cars on the website. They're going to basically focus on an online sales uh, approach instead of essentially instead of uh, car sh uh, having car dealers or all that kind of stuff. Um, so apparently they're looking essentially to this is their future really is driven on electric online and growth and that means that uh, and one of them essentially is to sell electric EVs online this is similar to Tesla hopefully where you could just go on the website um, and you pick a car you and if you buy in cash you basically order up the car and it'll come to you and then you pay for the car in full uh, or it's in a bank transfer or obviously do financing the idea is you go to volvocars.com it's the actual website you find the car you pick the spec and obviously decide how to pay for it you can do bank transfer you can even do uh you can even get deposited and then when the car is delivered you can do a bank transfer or even car financing which is really, really awesome uh apparently when you buy it online definitely it'll come with service warranty roadside assistance and much much more which is interesting this is kind of radical and bold uh i mean volvo is not one of the biggest car makers out there if you think about it so this could be a, this is probably a safe bet on their end it could help create a unique selling point like why volvo we can buy it online. <laughs> I mean, uh, you can't say that for Toyota or BMW. Yeah, I mean, BMWs have to still go to the dealership. But there's something about ordering it, like, from them, and then you have to go there in person and get... Like Porsche. You know, there's the something about buying a Porsche and going to the factory to pick up the car. I mean, I think that would be lovely if you could do it at Taycan. Or in, and for their future EVs, that'd be cool. I'm sure they do offer that option in some places. Uh, but, yeah. But aside from going all electric and selling cars online only, especially the EVs, they've created their first proper EV car, and that is the Volvo C40 Recharge. This is their first proper electric car, on top of obviously the, the XC40 Recharge, which actually came a little before it, uh, which is this kind of cool looking uh, uh, electric cross. So this is an electric crossover that, uh, if I could find the details here for, uh, so this is a um a electric crossover with twin electric motors powered by 78 kilowatt hour battery uh, that you can charge up from eight, uh, from 0 to 80 in just 40 minutes through DC fast charging. Uh yes, I'm saying DC fast charging cuz that's kind of how you fast charge cars these days. Uh on top of that, um you it has it'll have a range of 420 kilometers and it has a really cool touchscreen dash like the XC40 and that comes with Android Automotive which means you have access to Google services and Google Assistant and all that beautiful stuff out of the gate without any problem. Um, and the car will probably come with unlimited data so that's wonderful. The, the C40 Recharge will have leather free interiors which is really cool so you know hey big perks for the, for the environment. Uh, the C40 Recharge is built on the CMA vehicle platform and it's their first purely electric car that is serious and has actual battery and motors. Uh, really amazing that uh, Volvo is getting on the electric action big time. I, I felt this was long overdue if you if you know me. Now the car is obviously a, sort of a, a slightly uh, you know uh, cooler looking uh, 40 series car. It's a little taller uh, as a as a crossover. Uh, it's a bit sportier for the looks of it. Um, 4.9 seconds 
uh, from ze you can drive from zero to hundred kilometers per hour in four point nine seconds, and all that good stuff. So, it, it is slightly nice and futuristic, but pretty practical, and hopefully it'll be very very safe, to say the least. It looks it actually looks stunning, as a typical Volvo, and it's very environmentally friendly, and you can get this car in seven beautiful colors, including. Fujord blue metallic, so this would be lovely. I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, we don't know how much this car will cost. This is the thing, uh, but uh, as it as it uh, this is already going to go into production this coming fall, so you're able to pick it up next year, and hopefully, uh, as I said, as I said, uh, you should be uh, it will be affordable. Uh, hopefully, if it is under sixty thousand, sixty seventy thousand dollars, it should be a good option compared to a lot of electric crosses. But I will tell you, they're coming at an interesting time. A lot of competition for electric crossovers, Marquee, Model Y, uh, Ionic Five. So very interesting time to make a crossover. I really do hope that Volvo does quickly run out and make more electrics, including their uh, SUVs and sedans, which are really good that I've seen. And um, yeah. But uh, I will tell you this, you won't be able to go to a Volvo dealership and pick it up in person. You'll have to buy it online only, and this is uh, going forward, so this is interesting. But more than that, you should be able to just click a bunch of buttons on the selector and pick up and get the, uh, and get the car of your choice. So, so this is kind of interesting, and as I said, it is an absolutely futuristic and stunning car. Um, I mean, um, yeah, I mean... It has a really decent range, 400 plus kilometers, which is more than practical for a lot of people. And if you're in Europe, this is amazing range. I mean, not to be judgmental of given how small Europe is, but it really is amazing range. Even in, in Norway and Sweden and Denmark, this would be a best-selling car right here uh, on top of the Teslas. So, I mean, I'm surprised this is the first proper electric. I mean, it's taken them a long, long time to bring an electric car. So I'm genuinely surprised, to say the least. But uh, this is an absolutely stunning car. But I also forgot that they also have a sub-brand with Geely called, uh, which is called Polestar, which is based on the performance division. And they're making some absolutely futuristic uh, electric cars, including the sedan, the Polestar 2, I think. It's a wonderful car. Um, and it also has a Volvo design and stuff. It's been futuristic. It's really good. Kind of glad that Volvo is getting into the electric action and really bringing a wide range of cars. And you have to buy it online, but hey, you're already buying it. You're picking, ordering a Tesla online, so this is no big deal. So um, this was the C40 Recharge. I mean, uh, hey, uh, better late than never. But uh, it's honestly the best time to make an electric car and sell one, and people are gonna pick up an electric car and enjoy the, you know, the range and also all the extra bits and bobs, the spaciousness, really spacious and long ranges and obviously it cuts down the environmental footprint as you keep driving it over time if that maybe makes sense to start with I mean if, if they do improve the if they make battery production more uh, environmental friendly and improve recyclability that's where the real carbon footprint comes down dramatically Yoop, like it'll go into negative if you could figure out recycling and you could uh, even recycle the metals or get recycled metals or sustainably sourced metals then it'll go into negative right away that's just my opinion i digress it, it, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful uh move by volvo one of the safest which actually makes some of the safest cars on earth so this will be no different 
So what do you think of everything you heard on the podcast? Let me know on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Said underscore my own 99. Follow me there. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family or whoever you're with or your buddies with. Tell them that I make this show twice a week and there's everything tech about it. And it's under an hour or so because, you know, we talk a lot about tech. I mean, so that's that. Uh, subscribe to the show where we listen to podcasts and um and yeah tell your friends about it and you know till thursday this is your boy mom signing out peace take care stay safe have a great day and i'll see you on thursday with another episode of mom's gadget talk uh you know what to do you you know the you know the drill subscribe share all that good stuff all right spread the word and uh, yeah thanks for listening and uh till thursday See you later, and uh, again, uh, have a great day, all right? Ciao.